Hello, hello, everybody. This is Taz from the Petropolis Podcast. I am here with Chris Roy of Dubert. Chris, what's up? How are you? I'm doing great, Taz. How are you? Good, good, good. I'm so glad to have you. I really want people to know who Dubert is. I want every company, pet industry, I want everyone to know who Dubert is because what you're doing is amazing stuff by bringing pet and people together and understanding what you do and your background is important. So I want to give you the ability to do that. So tell me who you are first. Tell me about you and your background. Yeah, sure. A little bit about me. Who's this guy you're talking to? So um, as you said, I'm Chris. I'm the guy that um, created Dubert. So my background is technology. So I was in technology consulting for about 20 years before uh, I joined the company I'm with now. So I've got a lot of systems implementation experience, you know, taking user requirements and helping to make technology bring that to life. And now in my day job, I actually manage um, a team, a global team of project managers that we implement about $100 million of IT projects every year. So a lot of really big, complex IT projects. It's fun because I love, I love being a project manager. I love solving complex problems and challenges and all those other kinds of things. And, and I'm somebody that really believes that technology can be an enabler. And you know, I don't want to lead with tech. I, I want tech to, to just bring out, um, make it easier, right, for some of these big challenges that we have. And I mean, as you know, in 2020, I mean, there's so much technology out there and anything that is available to Facebook and Google and all these other guys, we can apply it to things like animal rescue and, you know, social services and all those other kinds of things. And so that's kind of my goal. I mean, with Dubert, it's all about helping you help animals. And a big part of that is the tech part. So how, do you, how does Dubert help animals and help people come together? Yeah, yeah, so great question. So the idea behind Dubert is there's really two sides to the Dubert platform. So the first side is the individuals or the volunteers. So there's so many amazing people out there that want to help um, either animal rescues or animal shelters. And oftentimes they don't, they don't know where to begin, right? Where do I go? How do I help? They don't need me right now. What can I do? So the idea behind Dubert is you can sign up as a person and you can create the profiles for how you want to volunteer. So we need animal transporters, right? So think of it like a volunteer Uber for animals. Um, mm-hmm. Could be local rides, could be more longer distance rides where they call them rescue relays where you're driving to meet somebody else and you hand off the animal and they keep moving along their journey. Um, you could be a foster home. There's lots of needs right now for temporary homes or foster homes for animals. This could be you know, a few days to a few weeks to a few months um, for each, you know, it depends on the needs of the, the animal and the organization. So you become that foster advocate for the animal. Um, and then there's other ways you can volunteer in person when we don't have the COVID and all that kind of stuff going on. Um, so the idea is that it makes it easy that anybody can sign up. We've got almost 30,000 volunteers in the US. Um, so that's how they can get involved. And then we also have the organization side. So imagine if you were running an animal shelter or an animal rescue, where animal sanctuary, there's lots of different organizations dedicated to helping animals. And so you can sign up and then you're putting requests out for say transport, trying to move an animal from point A to point B. 
and the system will automatically plot it on the map, automatically notify the volunteers, and automatically manage them signing up for that transport. So there's lots of different functionality, and the goal is it, it shouldn't be uh, dependent on one person. You shouldn't have to contact Chris to say, go schedule this transport for me, right? Mm -hmm. There's So the idea behind helping you is, if you're a volunteer, you wanna get involved, you choose how to get involved. If you're an organization and you need more people to help with some of these things, you can do that as well. So you're connecting the organizations with the volunteers and the animals that organization has, those volunteers are going to automatically be able to help. Yep, exactly. Okay. Yep. And, and then, are there, does the organization set up the criteria for the fosters, for the transporters, or is there a specific criteria that's already set up? Because that yeah, safety a, is a key factor. Yeah, great question. So we, the way I've tried to design the platform is that organizations, it's still their, it's still their organization, it's still their program, it's still their rules. Jubert is just the technology that's helping to automate it. So every organization can still set up kind of the rules in terms of their foster program. Um, there's some basic things, you know, when you're signing up for Dubert, you're just agreeing to our terms and conditions, you know, privacy, you know, normal stuff that you would mm -hmm. expect. But then the, on top of that, it's up to the organization to decide how they want to engage the volunteers and who they want to be involved. So we've tried to keep it flexible so that not, because every community is different, every organization is different, every situation is different. If you're running a, um, you know, a trap, new to return, a TNR program, you're gonna need different types of volunteers than somebody that's running, say, you know, uh, an animal transport program for dogs. Right. And so we wanted to keep it as flexible as possible. Right, like the TNR will need volunteers to get the cats to the um, spay neuter center and then pick them up, make sure they're okay and then release them. So yeah, understood, understood. So what does Dubert need to be able to grow and develop and continue doing what you do? Yeah, so I think the, I would say the biggest challenge we have is still awareness. I mean, it's, I launched Dubert a little over six years ago. So it was May of 2014. Um, we started with zero volunteers and zero organizations. And now we're at almost 30,000 volunteers and 5,000 organizations. But we still need more awareness, right? So the bigger the platform gets, the more people that we can engage, the more animals that we can help and the more that we're able to do. So awareness is certainly the biggest challenge that Dubert has because I, you know, don't make money doing Dubert, so I don't have marketing budget and stuff like that. Um, the second piece is just that sustainability, and that's the part I'm really trying to work on. What I've been doing is doing other technology projects for other companies and um, products and things like that to try and fund the ongoing build out of Dubert. Um, you know, I look at it as we've got a lot of capabilities and a lot of power built into the Dubert platform. I've got an amazing team, designer, you know, web developers, um, even mobile app developers. So what can we do? Well, we can you know, use that to help other people do what they're doing. As, as I say, we're, we're powering your passion so we can fund ours. That's interesting. So if somebody from the pet industry, let's see a brand that's amazing, wants to help support your efforts, but you know, everyone, nothing is free in life, as you know. Nothing yep. is free. Let's be realistic, and we all have to feed our cats and dogs, um, and ourselves last. So, what would is that a sponsorship? And if that is a sponsorship, what does that look like? What is the balance? 
are you a nonprofit? So if you can just give me a little overview of what that yeah. looks like. Yeah. So I'll start. So Dubert is not structured as a nonprofit. We're structured as a social enterprise. And, you know, so the idea behind that is Dubert's not a charity, but the money that we're bringing in is going back towards building out the platform, building on, you know, adding out the features and things to really help more animals. So we've done a lot of work with transport over the last six years. And then this year, we really dove into the foster side of things uh, because it's, there's just such a need for it right now, particularly during COVID, but you know, even just in general, right? The animals are better off in foster. So I am very open to the idea of, of sponsorships. Um, I think we're, we're kind of unique. The way I look at it is there's 30,000 people that are on the Dubert platform all across the country. And you know, so it's a nationwide and, and in Canada um, platform. So I think about organizations that are trying to either reach um, you know, or product companies that are trying to reach a diverse set of people um, mm -hmm. across the country or even just in a particular local region. Um, so there's lots of ideas that I have about sponsorships, just trying to find the right, the right companies, right? They want to work with us. I think what's really important is that they have to understand what we're trying to do. We, we still have a mission and we're trying to help people help animals. We're trying to engage volunteers. We're trying to support the rescues and shelters. Um, so it's not about, we're not just about pushing products to them, we're about trying to support them. And as you said, you know, everybody, we, we all have to make money, we all have to, you know, in order to eat, in order to keep building this out. So I'm a very big believer in, you know, what do you need, what do we need, and, and make it a partnership. And I think we're in a unique position to be able to reach lots of very passionate animal people. So the way I view it is there's people that love animals, lots of people love animals, lots of people love their pets. But then you go one step further and those people that love people, love animals, love their pets, but now they're willing to spend hours on the weekend or at night or whatever, volunteering to do even more, right? So just having their own animals, adopting from a shelter isn't enough for them. They're really passionate. And those are the people that we're catering to is the ones that are willing to spend three, four hours of their Saturday, you know, driving animals to save, you know, to save lives. And you know, I've talked to people and they say, but a rescue relay transport is very, it's not really the most efficient way if you're trying to move animals because you're moving small quantities in a car, but yet these people are doing it and they're driving hours and sometimes hundreds or I've had a few that have driven thousands of miles because they were so compelled by the story of that particular animal and that desire to, to give back. So that's the type of people that, you know, we've curated and that are part of our of our platform and a part of our ecosphere so finding the right brands that want to reach these people that understand that and support that mission that's one way that i i see us continuing to grow you said something interesting to me in one of our conversations we were talking about the technology and how you use it uh you said that in california there is huge number of correct me if I'm wrong with, with the breeds, or a huge number of um, chihuahuas in California that, and there's a huge number of adopters in New York. But yeah, you know, how do we connect the number of chihuahuas in, in California with the number of adopters in New York? This is what your platform actually does. Is that correct? Because this is what I found unique about you. You know, lots of, um, people that want labs in Colorado. Meanwhile, 
this region in Arizona has tons of labs for adoption or being abandoned or being dumped. So again, that's what your technology does. So I just I want to clarify that, that I'm saying this correctly. So the listeners understand what values you're bringing to these rescue organizations that are yeah. working within regions. I think that's very important. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Taz, because that is part of my my vision, right? So when you think about how the world's evolved, as I say, we live in an Amazon world, right? So you don't necessarily care what warehouse something ships from. You just say, this is the product I want, and Amazon figures out how to get it to you. Even if you go to your local Walmart, they don't restrict anymore and say, sorry, this is all we have in stock. They'll ship it from another store. They can direct you to another store. They'll have it shipped direct to you. Yet in the animal sheltering world, they're still very independent. And one of the first things that everybody says is, well, here are the animals we have available. And you go, well, but that's not the one that's going to fit our lifestyle, right? Can you, right. Get some, can, can you get me a different dog from somewhere else? And the answer is usually, no, this is what we have. And when you look behind that and you look at the data, that would presuppose that every organization across the country has the same inventory, if I can use that word, mm -hmm. um, of dogs and cats. And that's just simply not true. Um, when you start looking at the data, there is an overabundance of chihuahuas in California, New Mexico, Arizona, that area, right? And I'm going to speak in generalities, so I mean, it's not 100% perfect. Um, but there's an overabundance and there's more chihuahuas in the shelters there that are at risk of euthanization. But if you go on up the East Coast, as you mentioned, you can't find chihuahuas. So does that mean that nobody wants them? No, it really doesn't. It actually just means that on the East Coast, they've solved a lot of their overpopulation problems through good spay and neutering, other supportive programs over the years. And now they, there's nobody there that has them. And so you kind of go, well, this is kind of crazy. Like, why are we killing them, literally killing them out West when there's a potential adopter in the East? Well, one of the hardest problems is that logistics. And this is one of the big things that I want to solve with Dubert is as I view it, you probably think I'm crazy. I'm, you know, I'm driving down the highway and I'm looking at every car and I'm going, every single one of you could be transporting a dog or a cat or a bird or you name it every truck, every plane, I'm a pilot myself, right? So every time I go to the airport, I'm looking at these, where are you going? Where are you going? You should be taking a dog with you, right? <laughs> and it's this, my, my idea behind this is like a big distribution network. And, you know, I dream of the day and it's gonna happen, hopefully sooner rather than later, that, you know, you, you go to your favorite shelter or rescue and you say, hey, I'm trying to find a German shepherd. Yeah. Yeah. I right? love shepherds. Yeah. And they say, yeah, so do I. Right. And they say, here, let us help you find the right animal, not just by the picture, but by the animal's personality and their background. Are they good with dogs and cats and kids and all those other things, right? Find that perfect animal. And then guess what? We'll get them to you. Right. Who cares? Why does Taz care if her perfect animal is in Texas and she's in New York? Sorry, Taz, you can't have it. No, we should be able to have this inter-shelter transfer network where every time there's, you know, there's lots of commercial transporters and volunteer transporters. Well, to me, this is all data. And the magic part of Dubert is if I have every organization in there and all these volunteers, we could proactively move animals based upon supply and demand. Taz could fill out something that says, here's what I'm looking for. The Dubert system could find it actually notify that organization, get that animal on a transport and get them to Taz. Like this is 
technology that exists today. It doesn't need 10 more years of development. We're not talking about artificial intelligence and virtual reality. We're talking about really basic things. And it's, it's frustrating, but I'm, that's why I'm saying I'm not giving up because I, I view the day where I say every single car has got an animal and who cares if they're going north, south, east or west and they're moving animals. They're, you know, if you think about safely. this- like a, Safely, very key. But it, it's like, a, you know, you look at any big company, it's like a distribution network. The difference in animal rescue is these are live, oxygen-breathing, sentient beings that we love. And so to your point, there is that element of you need to do it safely. There's some you know, things that we want to make sure. But why, why can't this be, right? Why, why did we have to make this so difficult? So I really do believe that we'll get there. I, I do believe we're going to get there. So the pet industry as a whole is... Um you and I have spoken about this. It's a little bit antiquated when it comes to the technology side. They're, they're, they seem to want to move fast, but something's holding the whole industry back. And maybe it's just the comfort zone they're in because animals give us so much comfort. They want to just keep it as is. I don't know. And I don't know how to pinpoint it. I talked to a lot of, I've spoken to a lot of very um, smart brilliant special, special pet specialty people who feel the same way. However, we can't seem to pinpoint what it is. So we got to start somewhere. We got to start looking at how we do rescue and how we bring the connections together and come out of the box. And that includes working with corporations, working with small companies that have amazing products that want to get it, uh, get them visible to a big num number of, you know, people that wouldn't normally see it. You know, you have this 30,000 network, you work with groups like Best Friends and the Humane Society. So you have a pretty big network. And honestly, I didn't know about you until a mutual friend of ours introduced us. So, you know, how do we get you out there and how do we get those sponsorships? That's, I think that's important to bring people together and start looking at the world very differently than what we've been doing. If COVID has taught us anything is that we have opportunities that are so missed and um, we can sit home and create a wonderful world from our home offices, from our tiny room tables and bring love and connection together and still create income and wellness for each other without battles. So I wanted to introduce you to my audience and I hope my audience shares all this information with their audience because we need to come together and it's about time that we did. Anything yeah. you wanna leave with? <laughs> no, I, I absolutely agree. I think, you know, when you look at the pet industry and the animal rescue industry, it's just been, vastly underinvested in when it comes to technology. And you know, you look at what the potential is and you look at the opportunity and how can we help help people help animals. And as you said, COVID has really kind of mixed things up for lots of people. And I see just so much opportunity. I'm so excited that we are as a as a movement, the animal welfare movement is looking more about how to keep pets in homes. Forget about the shelter. You don't even need to bring them to the shelter. You know, if Taz has got an animal that she needs to find a new home for, for whatever the reason, support her in that effort. Help her to find that person that she can, you know, transfer the animal to, have adopted out. 
Um, if there's people that need food or supplies or other types of support, how can we help them? And so really moving into that social component of things. And, and the, the scary part is when you look at animal shelters, it's really based upon a prison model. And yes. that model is so far gone. It's so old. And we need to get away from it. And I think the opportunity exists now. We've just got to keep that momentum going. We've got to get people to recognize, you know, our animals are, they really are part of our family. And we love them and we want to take care of them. And if we can provide ways to keep them in your home, we can provide you ways that you can help other people to take care of their animals. I just feel like there's so much good that people are giving back. And you just go, like you said, what can, what can we imagine? What can we do? There's so many things that are possible when we get the right people involved and the positive energy. And that's what I'm just, I'm excited to be a part of it. It's been six years and it's been a wild ride and I'm excited for the future. I really am. Cause I think that there's so much positivity and so much momentum and so many people that really want to help that, you know, we just got to support them. I'm with you. Let's do this. I love it. Let's do this. We'll make it happen. Great. We're going to join forces, everybody. Come join us. We need your help. We need independent pet partners. We need our partners in the pet industry. And we need volunteers to jump in and help make this happen. You know, it can't be one for all and all for one. It's all for all. We yeah. all really need to be together. It's time we started creating an environment where we're giving back to one another and these amazing sentient beings. So thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for joining me. And uh, let's kick ass and take names. I'm with you. Thanks, Taz. Take care.